Hi everyone, my name is Justin Odisho and welcome back to another episode of the podcast. Today I'm very excited to have special guest Matt Workman of Cinematography Database on the show. And in this episode, we dive into some of his many years of experience working in the industry as a cinematographer for many artists and brands that you may recognize, music videos, commercials, and more, and how he's transitioning recently into his own company, Cinematography Database, where he's developing software and creating content and full-time interneting as he says. So I'm very excited for you guys to listen to this episode. There's a lot of very valuable information that he's bringing in from the table, speaking from experience, and behind the scenes talk that you may not be able to get in the content normally. So as always, this podcast is available on YouTube, iTunes, so feel free to like and subscribe and let's jump right into it. Matt, welcome to the show. Excited to have you on. Yeah, man. Thanks. Thanks for having me. What is the name of the show? Do you have it? Is it the Justin Odisho show? I'm like flip-flopping because Right now, it's just the Justin O.D. Show podcast, but the mm. thing is, my last name already has show in it, so mm. I could call it the the O.D. Show. I could do, I don't know, I could do a lot of things with it, but I haven't. <laughs> I like that. I feel like if you keep pushing that every day, you'll figure out something that is <laughs> super punny. The, yeah, well, I it just rhymes, so I don't know. The O.D. Show, we're working on it, but uh, out of all those things I said, how do you prioritize them? Did I miss one? I said like entrepreneur, YouTuber, father. Well, you know, for the last 10 years ish, something like that, it's been cinematographer was number one. Mm-hmm. And I was fortunate enough to like get some traction in my career in college and directly out. And I was able to focus my life like 100% on cinematography. And I think that's how I was able to uh, accomplish the things that I was able to do. But uh, what happened is that I, I married my long-term girlfriend, Diana Levine. Uh, she's not my wife. We have two kids. And with with the kids and family, I have decided that I don't want to give 100% of my life to cinematography like I was doing beforehand. So um, there was a big shift that happened where I started to not – I wasn't going to take TV pilots. I definitely wasn't going to do movies. Movies were way too mm-hmm. long. And then um, started to transition into business and kind of software design. So I created a program called Cine Designer, which is a previs lighting and camera app, uh, or plugin really, but you yeah. can consider it an app. And then on my way to simply just market that app, um, that was that was the only goal was to go from DPing full time to DPing part time and doing software part time, kind of fifty yeah. fifty. And I just I was like, you know what, I need to market this, right? So how do how do kids market stuff these days? You know, how do you <laughs> how do you internet market? How do you do all that really cheesy stuff? I've done. The cheesy stuff uh, in the beginning, definitely like the blogging, and then yeah, the stuff that you probably saw. Like this is how you make a Facebook video. Oh, whatever. exactly, exactly. I mean, that's and and I loved all that stuff, and I love the people that I learned that from. But basically, was for a year uh, was about fifty fifty. I was half DP, half um, software development, and really no social media at all, which is kind of crazy to think about mm-hmm. now. But I was like, okay, it's time to start a blog, time to start a podcast, time to start an Instagram, it's time to start a Facebook, time to start a YouTube channel. And I just did all of them. I was just like, hey, let me start making some stuff. And we started with zero. And this was like two years ago. Yeah. No, so this was all, I was going to say, when did when was the inception of all this? Like two, three years ago with the YouTube and, and all these yeah, platforms? But, yeah, about two to three years. And, you know, in the beginning, like anyone I'm sure who's listening who starts one of these, any of these channels on any platform, it's like, well, this is a waste of time. Yeah, it's like you know, because like no one's. It's like, oh, cool, five likes today. That's that's fun, you know. And it's and it does take a lot of time. And and but I just knew it was part of it. And I learned from 
one of my biggest influences at that point in time was Andrew Kramer, mm-hmm. who was video co-pilot. Yeah, and he, yeah. Influenced yeah, to me as well, I was going to say. Oh, yeah. He'd, I'm sure he'd be on the show. Um, He's he's around on the internet still, mm-hmm. like, pushing new stuff. And did he start a podcast? I know he came back to YouTube briefly uh, for a little bit. I believe I saw him on a guest, at, guesting on other podcasts, but I haven't checked into if he has his own podcast. He still has his YouTube channel where... I don't know if you post that frequently, but I think he I think he would do it. I see him on Grayscale Gorilla and Sigraph, and he still has. Um, I think that his audience and yours would have some crossover in the design, and you do like. I haven't thought of that yet, but I'm gonna add him onto my little notepad here. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So for me, you know, looking at that, I was like, well, who's someone that's selling creative software on the internet, right? And I was like, oh well, Andrew Kramer, Video Copilot. He has a plugin for After Effects. And I have a plug-in for Cinema 4D. It's this, mm-hmm. and it's the same model. And I was like, well, how does he, you know, how does he sell this software? And he has like a good a personality, which I don't, uh, you know, on-air <laughs> personality, which which back then I didn't at all. I was just terrible. Yeah. Um, but I was like, oh, content. This guy just pumps out content, and he's having fun. It doesn't hurt that he was like, you know, did VFX a little bit of VFX on J.J. Abrams' last movie, you know, Star mm-hmm. whatever yep. Star Wars. So it, I just saw that formula and I was like, okay, it's time to just start making content. And I had no idea what I was doing. Um, I didn't know how to do YouTube. I didn't know how to podcast or blog. I just started making things. And then three years later now, we're talking about priorities. It's about, un- unfortunately, uh, 0% cinematography. Yeah. Um, I, don't do, I don't do any freelance cinematography work. I still get called. I'm on an agency. I just haven't taken any jobs for like about two years I took like five in the last three years something like that but it's been software development is number one pushing cine designer um cinema 4d we're going to go into unity we're going to go into mobile that takes a lot of time and then just with the kind of like unexpected success um of our instagram channel and Mm -hmm. youtube channel those have become a big part of it and I'm I've always loved youtube so I love watching other youtubers so I was like I was like oh wow like people are actually subscribing to this channel maybe I can make this bigger and that's what i think that's how we ended up meeting and i went to nab and i did the whole being sponsored thing which is we could talk about that i've had my opinions about it now and working with brands and uh, you know just doing youtube stuff and i think that's how most people know me so they're like oh yeah matt's like a youtuber but really youtube is um a newer thing yeah it's it's and it's a smaller percentage of what i do like if i was to like i left i didn't do youtube for a month Mm -hmm. this month like last month if i left that it really doesn't and didn't affect my company as much as I thought it would have. And when you say your company, you're talking about Cine Designer or Cinematography Database. Which one of those is would you consider the company? Cine, Cine Designer is like the product, right? Yeah, Cine Designer is the product and the bigger brand overall, even though we only have, well, we have two now, but we our, our only two products are Cine Designer, which is a plugin for Cinema 4D. And then last month, I spent an entire month making my first course yes. for myself. And that's now the second part of the company because Cine Designer is really kind of a, it's a niche audience for sure. It yeah. requires a lot of money to get into it. It requires a lot of time, and for people that are new or don't fully committed to it, it doesn't make that much sense financially because mm-hmm. it's it's priced pretty uh pretty enterprise level. So I wanted to be able to make something for my YouTube audience and for film students, and I figured that um, I'd been making courses for other platforms. Like, I've made an online course for almost every major course platform online. That's how I learned how to YouTube, was making courses. Yeah, like Udemy and things like that. Yeah, exactly. I did FX, FX PhD, oh, yeah, Digital, yeah. I've heard of digital that Tutors, which is now um, Plural Site, uh, 
what is it? I, I always forget that there's so many. I forget the names of them. But uh, I finally made my first course that was for my platform and marketed only by me, and it's on white psych lighting. So I was able to combine Cine Designer um, and illustrate all the lighting diagrams and concepts with kind of like my YouTubiness and put them together, and I've been selling that. And that's been selling really well, so that's really nice. So that's like a whole yeah. new part of the business now is that as I update Cine Designer, I can then make a course with those updates and pick a new topic, and I go in much deeper. It's like basically like 30 YouTube videos yep. in, one, in one course. And that's and dropping a, a 30 part series on YouTube just doesn't make sense. It doesn't, it, and <laughs> no. so it's like that really, even if I could give it out for free, I still think that having it in a paid course platform is better. So those are, those are the many things, but yeah, long story, long story short is cinematography is the cinematography database is the brand cine designer. We have a courses section. I haven't given that a different name, but those are the two things I've decided to focus on at least for yeah. this year. And I think that's, that's a very similar direction to where, I've also been wanting to take things because I just feel like I also have I also have been inspired by Andrew Kramer, who I see doing all the software because sometimes it's not sustainable. Just the content side of things, and you see a lot of YouTubers, probably with much bigger audiences than you or I, who are struggling to stay afloat or continue creating content as soon as there's some bumps in the AdSense things or uh, things like that on YouTube. And I feel like the way that you're doing it and the people like Andrew Kramer is the perfect model, which I try to preach to anyone trying to make content is to come in with a real hard skill or product and business plan underneath that'll allow you to sustain it. And you kind of came into it backwards, but a lot of YouTubers, I think, start off the front way, just making content, not for a particular reason, you know? Oh, definitely. Yeah. I mean, Roberto Blake is really good online talking about that and yeah. Gary V and all the all the good there's a lot that we're fortunate for people that want to try to make money online that there mm -hmm. are people who talk about it and can give you the the rundown and, and that's what I learned too and I'm and I relearn it every day is that like okay this is fun like I got into vlogging like and I saw and yeah. you've been doing some vlogging too and I I got to the point where I, I vlogged with MKBHD real quick yeah that was really funny cool. I got to meet Casey Neistat um I saw that yeah that's cool and I and I and I got to do the vlogging thing. I'm like, this is so fun. It's like, you know, I'm like, you know, I'm YouTubing. But like <laughs> at the end of the day, it's like, but I didn't make any money though. Like, you know what I mean? Like that doesn't pay my bills. That doesn't really push anything out there. And my audience is very quick to tell me. They're like, that's cool. You bet Casey go back to making some <laughs> content that we care about. And I'm like, okay, okay. So I got a little bit caught up in the, like the YouTube scene. You know, it was fun. Yeah. But Roberto Blake talks about it too. It's like, he's like, I could leave YouTube tomorrow. And yeah. I don't care. He's mm -hmm. like, it does not affect what my real business is. I mean, it would. I mean, it's marketing. But it's like, you know, the, the amount of money you can, or at least for me, and it, from my experience, like, you know, the, the money you make directly from YouTube, if you're relying on AdSense, you're going to have a bad day. Like, yeah. that's that's very diff That's a very fickle thing. And I think people should know that or or um, or do know that. I think do it's know good that. to make, promote awareness of that. Yeah, I mean, like, like it, it really came to a head with me. Like, it was my my last YouTube video before I took a break was I did a video on the red hydrogen, mm -hmm. their phone, right? And like, I made it before MKBHD made his before, before anyone. I was like the first one on the internet to make it because it got announced and I made it and I put it out like I two hours later. I saw that on Twitter. You were really quick on that. Yeah, I was keem starring it. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> it's like if you're first and you have the traction and you get the the view velocity, yeah. like it will do well. So I got like 150,000 views. I'm like, yes, we did it. Like my video has been posted, like, but like 
at the end of the day, I'd make no, nothing from it. Like, mm-hmm. I don't make any money. That doesn't really help what I'm doing. So I had figured out, like, the oh, and we, I think you and I had talked about, like, I did a breakdown on Kendrick Lamar, and so did you. Yeah, it's this like, is kind of, I think that's kind of one of the ways that I bumped into you, is one of my subscribers, or someone that was subscribed to both of us. I forgot how exactly, but somehow I bumped into your content because we ended up making a similar type of series where I broke down music videos more on the editing side. I started like a year ago and then you were doing some really cool stuff with, I think the first video I saw of yours was you were breaking on the lighting of um, another YouTuber's video. And I thought, cause I suck at lighting and I, and I saw that you are, I thought this guy's a genius at lighting. I didn't realize lighting is, is such a thing, you know? And then we both made a video on the Kendrick Lamar humble music video and whereas i guess you can pick up the story from there because what happened with your video yeah so i mean i interviewed the because so i came from traditional quote-unquote mm-hmm. uh coverage of things like that so i came through the blogging world and i would get permission from the pr agencies and actually interview the dps mm-hmm. and i was doing i interviewed jeff Cronoweth, you know who shot gone girl and all that stuff and i was doing podcasting back in the day so i have this like editorial side so the company that I've completely killed, it's its not a part of it anymore. Yeah. And I also, not to interrupt you, but I've been meaning to bring this up from the beginning of the podcast. The, the cool thing about you as a guest on my show compared to myself or many other guests is you have a very uh, real foundation and deep root with actual industry work and actual you know film school related stuff where a lot of people will always ask me about that and I cl- try to make it very clear that I'm doing more of this new media, new content type of stuff on my own, whereas you can draw from a lot of actual cinematography and industry work, you know, right? Yeah, yeah, and that, that's an interesting, you know, the traditional media versus old or new media. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's something I think about quite a bit, which I'd love to talk to. But just to, to wrap it up on the Kendrick thing, um, I interviewed... Scott Cunningham, I think, I'm pretty sure that's his name, yeah. I forget at this time. But he was the DP, I interview- right? Yeah, the DP, like the day after it came out, um, I'm friends with the person who colored it, and I know, mm-hmm. the, I know the director, I know the production company, and uh, I got to the DP, who was relatively new to the scene. Uh, and I, 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 I hit him up on Instagram, where Instagram is like, Instagram is the social network for the film industry right now. That's I, just I, this, yeah. It's the only, that's why I focus so much time on Instagram and it's been working great. I DM'd him on there, instantly wrote back. He was like, I would love to talk about this. Mm-hmm. I was like, I told him, I was like, I was like, dude, this video is going viral on YouTube. Like videos don't you normally do this. Like mm-hmm. not even like the biggest music, they, Despacito yeah. did better, but like. It's, <laughs> yeah, most viewed yeah, video but, of all time actually now. Yeah. Yeah, it's that one, and there's another one that Crash Shot um, is doing really great too. But it's like, I told him, I was like, I was like, this is going like, uh, like, quadratic viral like yeah. every day the views are like like squaring it's it's crazy so i was like i was like we should make a video about this and i'm gonna put your name on it i'm gonna put your instagram on it i'm gonna put dave the director's instagram it's gonna be great for everybody company three who colored it they were all involved they were like yeah, yeah we, we'd love for you to do this so i interviewed him i did the i made almost the exact video as you it's exactly the same thing I, so I we made see, i feel like you, it was i feel like you did i had you feel like you had your own take to it you know and i saw like three people made a video about it too and just like you're saying with the red hydrogen thing, I was real quick on it because I'm I have my ear in tune to these type of things, and I remember I stayed up all night to make the video as soon as it came out because I knew it was gonna go viral right away. Mm-hmm. And 
What's funny is, this is a tangent, someone who made their video like two months after me and you made our video, their video ended up getting the most views. So there's like a weird timing <laughs> where if you're too early, I, I feel like I was too early, you know, I didn't even pick up. There's like that weird median curve, but. Well, it depends on how you're going, how you're going viral. Yeah. There's ma there's many, many different ways of, of getting, you know, views on YouTube and what happened to me is that because I interviewed the DP, we got 180,000 views or something yes. like that in under an, a day, which was fast. And the reason it did so well is because I have a music video background. I shot music mm -hmm. videos for a long time, and I have a lot of connections in the hip-hop world in general, um, kind of from older connections at this point. Mm -hmm. But they saw that I did that. They were like, this is cool. This is going viral. And every other, all the blogs want viral hits too. So basically, all the hip-hop blogs picked up my video in the first, like, six hours, and then it hit the top of the subreddit for hip-hop on Reddit. Oh, I didn't know that. That's a really so, good push on Reddit. Yeah, so it was Reddit and the hip-hop blogs all together. Now, the problem from that was I woke up, so I was like, oh, my God, we have, like, 180,000 views. Like, this is going great. Mm -hmm. You know, this is great publicity for everyone. Like, we did a good job. But the label flipped out. So that's the difference um, with my YouTube channel specifically is, like, when I do videos about um music videos etc like i don't just I, at this point now i don't just i can't just like make the video uh -huh. i actually have a pr team that goes out like the traditional way and we approach the label we pitch that we're going to make a video and we talk about what we can talk about what we can't talk about we get permission we have a contract so like that's that's how that's what's kind of evolved because the label really didn't like that we did that even though yours was out and other ones were and out too I, well i guess is that is the reason that they didn't like it is because at this point, you actually had like proprietary information with it by interviewing the director and 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 people who are tied directly to the music video, or just because yeah. you had more obligations and relationships to uphold from your long background. It was it was a little bit of both, and I can talk about it now. I think we had a cease and desist. We had possible legal Nobody's action. Nobody's gonna listen taken. to this. Com that, that was doing that right. <laughs> That's probably that's probably true. But lawyers are lawyers who do internet pro uh, prosecution are, are very thorough. thorough. Yeah. Well, hello, lawyers. So, Please subscribe yeah. and like. <laughs> <laughs> I've got I've got my friend lawyers too. But like, um, I mean, ba basically, they had shot several music videos uh -huh. altogether, and we were talking about the first one. But there was still they had shot DNA at the same time. Mm -hmm. They had shot a bunch, and they're they're still coming out. So I know things about those, and they don't want any of that getting leaked. And, and leaks in the music industry uh, mean loss of revenue, right? Mm -hmm. So leaks of information, leaks of albums, leaks of whatever. So the fact that the DP and the director and the coloring company had done this, and we didn't consult them through the normal channels, which we do now, one hundred percent. They were just uncomfortable with it, and so me, I'm only I don't make any money. From, from 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 making that video, I was just mm -hmm. like YouTubing, and I was like, "Cool, let's just make a thing." Um, but Company Three loved it. Dave Myers, the director, liked it. The DP liked it. We're gonna probably do more, but with Kendrick's label, we're just gonna chill out for a little while because <laughs> like they they don't super love it. But that's what happened with that one. Um, it was pretty cool. Now, but like when I do breakdowns of like say like I'm working on a breakdown now of Dunkirk, mm -hmm. I'm in direct communication with Warner Brothers. Like, okay, that's really cool. So so it it'll mitigate any of those future issues where there's a lack of communication or disagreement right yeah yeah so i would say that that's one of the strengths of my channel and one of the downfalls is that like i can't play the viral game anymore because i have to go through 
PR. So by the time I've cleared the PR and all that stuff, it's like that too late. project. Someone's yeah, team starred you. Yeah, I'm not going to get, like, you can do it because, like, you're not going to get in trouble from necessarily, like, you know, Kendrick's yeah. label is not going to call you. You know what I mean? Like, versus, like, when I, um, if I make Dunkirk and we got we got clearance for Wonder Woman, we got clearance for all this, like, if I make those the wrong way, um, they know how to get back to me. Mm-hmm. And that's that's what happened, you know, early in YouTube, I made only movie breakdowns. That's, like, how I started. Um, yeah, you have a great I, I, series of uh, cinematography of such and such music videos or movies and lighting which i think is really interesting yeah thank you i mean it's i'm they won't be on the internet too too much longer but that's how i started off doing youtube was like hour long um every frame of painting Mm -hmm. my version which is like really long and laborious breakdowns of bts and whatnot and we were doing that without the without the um without going through the pr channels and all that all that and that ended up leading to uh, a legitimate lawsuit, a legitimate wow. strike to the channel, a legitimate cease and desist. They called my agency, my DP agency, which is Gersh, which is like a big Hollywood uh, talent agency, and they called them, and they like they were trying to burn it down. And so, you know, I had to delete 25 hour-long YouTube videos. Um, I had to completely restart over a YouTube channel that had like 40,000 subscribers. It was like starting from from beginning. And this like, was, it was Cinematography like, Database, the same channel that you are on now, right? Yep, yep. But like what's on there now, previous to that, was like 30 hour-long videos that were being posted on every film blog, every, you know, they were doing mm-hmm. really great. And we had to delete all of them. So that that happened at one point too. And a lot of the people who follow me from back in the day, they know about that. And yeah. the stuff that I do now is like, not that because I can't make those videos anymore um, because the internet's getting smaller and they track that kind of stuff yeah. now. So like I, I can't make those videos. I know people can, I know H3H3 just had a big win with that. That's like, what I was use- going to say, yeah. Especially but- with relating it to my channel where I'm kind of a lone ranger. I, I don't have any ties. And I, the thing is I do understand those implications that, that you're facing. And I, and I always try to give credit to everyone and I, I leave the director's link and every, all the information I can find. And usually, actually a lot of times, m- some people that worked on the video do see it and they, they, they're appreciative. They said, hey, this is cool. Um, shout out to like Brother. I don't know if you're familiar with them. They directed a lot of Travis Scott's videos. They actually mm-hmm. go as far as thanking me on their Instagram story and shouting me out. And, and that, that's really cool. I've only had one time where... I did one for a Big Sean video that one of the people that worked on it kind of got pissed that I made a video about it because he felt like I was leeching off of his work or something. And I can see where he's coming from. I'm trying to play the viral game by putting Big Sean's name in the title. And I do understand that there's people behind the scenes that are that have worked on that that I'm kind of getting in the middle of. But... It's it's weird to me because like the H three H three situation that you just brought up, I f- I feel like I still have every right to make these because I'm just kind of just talking about the editing in my opinion and perspective. I'm not I'm not revealing or leaking anything. Where's the difference there? Do you think? It's just the 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 industry people that you're actually people that you're actually bringing on, or where are you going with that H three point? Well, the thing is, so internet copyright law is something I know very, very well. I have actually two different lawyers now that that handle this type of stuff for me um, on top of my software lawyers, which is a completely different um, arena. 
it, it, we're not talking about feelings. I don't care about the directors how they how the director mm-hmm. feels about it. I don't care about that. We're talking about the person that owns the copyright mm-hmm. to the images that you're showing and publishing, not sharing. You didn't share it on Facebook, or you didn't copy and paste the URL to the Vevo no. on your Twitter. You are republishing someone else's copyrighted imagery. And that's what matters. It doesn't matter if the crew likes it, if the director, if the producer, it doesn't matter. It's who owns the copyright to that music and to those images. Yeah, That's what matters. Um, and like long story short, people people are getting away with it. You know, yourself, myself, you know, uh, though I got caught several times. Now, is it not um, fair use though? It's not. You can, you can try, I've, I've done the legal legwork on it and yeah. H3H3 is fighting his own type of interesting battle on it but he's mostly republishing other youtubers work so that's Uh a different that's a that's a more gray area but if you go up against a record label or you go up against a movie studio uh and they cease and desist you do not fight that that's my that's just my opinion yeah do not fight them i've gotten copyrights not strikes but just where they've claimed the video and i'm fine with that that's fine that's fine. That means they're allowing you to do that. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the laws have been changing. YouTube copyright strikes were a lot different when I got my strike. It was a lot different. Like the punishment was much worse back then. Mm-hmm. And Channel Chriswell, he at the exact same time was getting sued by um, Stanley Kubrick's copyright owners because he did a breakdown with Stanley Kubrick. Um, he got he had to go to court over that. Wow. Um, so it's it's a tricky thing and it's an evolving thing and people have different views on it. But in the United States, if you live in the U.S. and you're going to go up against like major copyright owners and legal, they will demolish you. Like so, like it's people get away with it, right? Reaction videos and all that stuff, and that's mm-hmm. what H3H3 is championing about. But I, I would just be cautious with it. I mean, keep keep doing what you're doing, and other, everyone can make their own type of YouTube video. But in general, just as like a general, if you didn't make the content, you have to be very careful with yeah. publishing it, even if it's screenshotting it and posting that on Facebook, that can actually land you in court. Um, I've had some, I've had close brushes with that. If you screenshot something on Instagram and you use the retweeter app or whatever, like the, the regram the re, app. The regram, yeah, because there's no that, reshare app on Instagram. There's no retweeting on Instagram. That can also land you in court very quickly. And I've tracked a lot of different lawsuits. I talked about it on Anchor a little bit. And I don't get into the legal stuff because I don't, I don't want to make my channel about that but I kn- I've been following a lot of the copyright r- laws and it's why primarily my content now is 100% original like I don't mm-hmm. really do that stuff and if I do I try to go through the PR agencies so that if the cease and desist does come because there's a lot of reasons they will want to kill something like that and I've, I've learned this over time um, they have the direct connection to me instead of going through YouTube strike system and a more uh, colder legal way of doing it. I'm like, just mm-hmm. e- email me. I'm like, hey, Warner Brothers, you want me to take this down? It'll be down in th- the second you email it to me. I'll just take it right off the channel. No big deal, you know. So it's it's an evolving thing, but I've had I've seen I've seen the ugly side of copyright strikes and fair use. Just for anyone who's listening who thinks that fair use is a uh, it is a it is a legal defense. Yes. Just like oh, I don't want to go go too dark in it like this either but no, this say, is interesting because i'm mentally preparing myself to delete half of, i don't do too much i have like 12 music video breakdowns in total I mean, but i'm mentally jo- preparing myself jordy from cinecom does it too we've had this talk i have this talk with a lot of people just mm-hmm. because i've i've gone through but and you guys do whatever you want like and jordy's not in the state so he's a little bit freer to do whatever he really wants to do with that kind of stuff but uh just like say you got accused of rape this is what i talk about uh the accusation 
you have to go to court to defend it. Okay. Yeah. And that goes out there into the world that you're getting accused of it. Um, and that is, the damage is done already. So it's the same mm -hmm. thing where like if you get a cease and desist and they're like, you know what, we're taking this all the way. Like you need to come meet us in court. Go ahead. Like, so you can claim fair use. That's great. You claim that. You can prove that. $50,000 in legal fees to just even show up in court that day. You can now claim fair use. Yeah. But you're still paying $50,000 to claim fair use. And that's what H3 was going through is uh, they, they had to start a... A Patriot, or what was it? A Kickstarter, right? I, I wasn't tracking it, but yeah, sure. Kick GoFundMe, something um, like that. Philly D, Philly DeFranco raised the issue on his show, and their legal fees were getting so high, even though they, well, they thought they were clearly in the right, which they ended up winning the case. But even if it was so clear cut to people, they still had to defend it with tens and hundreds of thousands of legal fees, which they were only able to pay because the help of the community through that Kickstarter, which is something that is a good point. Like you said, I don't think most people don't think of those consequences. No, the, the people that come, cause like I deleted 30 or 25 videos. They were re-uploaded to a fan channel, which I can, I can have taken down at any point. I've seen that point. one. That's not you, right? It's like, it's, those it's are like my backup page. <laughs> well, no, those are my videos that like, I would say like one person spearheaded and like six people, uh, contributed to, they'd all downloaded the videos, which is fine. Mm -hmm. um, technically against the terms of use for YouTube, but, you know, um, and they re-uploaded them and they were all collecting them on a No Film School thread that I had taken down because I oh, know the I No see. Film School people. And then they started that channel and some of those videos have like 80,000 views and the channel has like 20,000 subs yeah. or something, but it's a fan channel that they just uploaded it to. They, did, they don't do anything yeah. with it now. I guess it's good for you. It gets the dirt off your hands or is that, could that still have implication to you if, if someone yes. else that is that crazy can, that's still that is still an issue for me though all the people that i've had issues with have we've cleared it all up i have really decent connections now and, and ties into that media pr world of it but that's just like a glimpse into some of like the realities of digital copyright law and you know i've had to spend money to learn all this stuff and i don't really want to make content like explaining it i guess this is like kind of broaching the subject but yeah. um for everyone that Unless you're sitting on, I would say, a surplus of, <laughs> you know, 50,000 cash up front. No credit cards, cash, like 50,000. That's what your lawyer wants. You can't credit card it. It's like direct bank transfer. You don't really want to get into that argument. Because even to defend yourself, and you can talk to Channel Chriswell, you can talk to H3H3, mm -hmm. you can talk to me, you can talk to several people who've had this actually come up. It's like, it, most people get away with it. Because there's no money to get from suing those people, right? You have to figure out if there's like money to actually be like, if I sued you for everything you're worth over this, like, yeah, you're is not that getting, you're gonna owe the bank money if you sue <laughs> me? <laughs> am I gonna am I gonna recoup my legal fees to do so? Um, and so behind my YouTube channel is a relatively, I would say, successful software company that does have money behind designer it. That you're talking about, right? Exactly, and the and the other things I, I do mm -hmm. um, to make money on the internet. There's there's something there at least to come after. It's not just a YouTube channel that's like, oh, we're gonna sue this YouTuber, and it's like, but they don't have any, you know. But they they're not gonna make like for me if I get sued, it's a huge issue. Like it yeah. compromises my Company. other endeavors, and that's and I think that's where people, which I'm starting to care a lot less about what what people think on YouTube. But um, people are like, oh, like your YouTube, you should defend it. Blah, blah blah. I'm like I'm like, 
YouTube is like 20% of what my life is yeah. today. So it's like, it's like if I had to cut it off because it was compromising the other 80, it's gone in a second. And that's what I did a while ago. That makes a lot of sense. And, and what you said is very true. There's a lot of realities that even myself, I, I brush it off. And I think I'm all right right now, but there's a, I know there's a music video coming out that I know I want to jump on for SEO purposes, but you're making me think twice about it with some different perspective. I would, you know, go for it and likely they'll just copyright strike it is yeah. the worst. And I actually, I know very thoroughly what the copyright strike system looks like in YouTube, like how you refute it, what happens if you do that, mm -hmm. what the legal ramification is, what type of lawyer you need to fight that kind of stuff. Like I've done all that, but you're, you're, you're probably okay. But in general, the internet is completely clamping down on that. Like I, like as an example on Facebook and Facebook is really, um, Facebook is kind of like the new YouTube for now. It's kind of starting to really gain a lot of traction. Mm -hmm. uh, I know companies that I work for who we make videos for, they only deploy on Facebook. They don't care about YouTube. Like they just don't care. They're like we're not, we don't care. Like we want you to make stuff for Instagram and Facebook because they're the same platform. It's the same like, company, yeah. Well, Facebook it, it, owns Instagram. Yeah, and, and more importantly, it's the same content publishing um, ecosystem. So like if I make a sponsored video, I could put it on my Facebook, yes. but then I can give them access to the analytics and I can give them access to um, them boosting it and we can share the money. And there's there's a lot of direct brand networking things that you can do on Facebook because it was designed as an ad platform and Instagram now because they're the same ad buy. I can do a lot more sophisticated things with a video on Facebook and Instagram versus YouTube. You put it on YouTube and it's like, well, let's see how it goes. You can't really yeah. do much to push it. I so read it's a that Facebook just launched a YouTube competitor or something called Watch, something like that. I don't know. Yeah. With creators. Yeah, I mean, all the platforms are going to have video now. I mean, it's, mm -hmm. it's it was kind of why Twitter died. So not die. I still, Twitter's still See, one of my favorite. No, yeah, still one of my Twitter, favorite networks. This is what I was going to say. I So I dabble in a little bit of stock investing. Obviously, there's Facebook, Amazon, I, I don't touch Netflix because I don't know too much about it because I don't use it. And then uh, Google. I heard you actually mention this in one of your recent podcasts coincidentally, but I heavily believe in, in Facebook and I invest in it with my own money. But I really believe in Twitter and I, and I love it, but I don't invest in it because I know that it doesn't make money. And where I mean, I don't see Twitter going away though. I, I only see it gaining popularity, but What's your take on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and even versus Snapchat, which I, to me, Snapchat is dead in in, in my business approach, in my head, you know? Yeah, well, uh, well, that's a huge, yeah, so yeah, I talked about this on on one of my anchors, it's, you know, it's FANG, it's F-A-N-G, yeah. is Facebook, Amazon, Netflix, and Google, Google being YouTube, are the major, um, you know, they're basically Companies. supplanted the... They've supplanted the NBC, ABC, you know, of the of the past. Now those networks are all coming to the internet, and this is all going. We're all going to come back to what it used to be as soon as those companies, and they're already doing it, join the game. So we look at like early YouTube, and we have Linus Tech Tips when he was working for. Because um, I interviewed Linus Tech Tips DP, I know yeah. his whole history now. You know they. They were early to that game of reviewing computer parts. He was doing it for um, a retailer. And he was early with that. And then he started his own channel. 
and he's the king of that space for sure. Like his brand deals are insane. Like his yeah. his his brand deals are bananas. They're, they're lovely. And 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 then there's um there's everyone in that in these different categories. Like there's Kai and Locke with they were working for Digital mm-hmm. Rev, which is an online retailer like CVP or BNH. They were early on it too. So we have these like kind of pioneers in this space. And MKBHD again, he's been making videos for like eight years. Yes. Um, he's the the leader in that space too. But but that's because these other networks didn't see value in it and they didn't put money in it. Now they do. So now we have The Verge, whose views are basically rival MKBHDs. Um, he's still more of a viral, interesting person to watch. But like The Verge, which is now uh, kind of like a reimagination of like a wired, except yeah. for the, you know, kind of like the new media, they're pouring money into it. So like they're like, oh, cool. Like, yeah, okay, HP, let's do a thing on your. Let's do a let's do some content around your new laptops. Uh, let's set the budget at like five hundred thousand dollars for like a week, and we'll see how it does. So these people make the content, and they have five hundred thousand dollars to now get you to see it. Versus most independent YouTubers, you just you're letting the algorithm go. You're letting all these other things. These people are throwing hard money at it, and that's the way the traditional advertising works in general, which is the world I worked in for ten yeah. years as a commercial <clears throat> DP. So like. They were throwing money at TVCs, so television commercials, Super Bowl, print ads, billboards. As soon as they start refocusing, which they're already doing on the internet, it's gonna just look like it used to. In in it's, my opinion, it's it's actually so funny that you say this because I I was having a conversation with my buddy about this in the car just the other day, and I I was trying to tell him that the opportunity that myself or and and yourself have right now it's like the wild wild west because it's it's such a new thing that someone like me is able to sit down in my makeshift closet studio and and grab some land and reach people on my own and i should not be able to be doing this and as soon as these big companies realize in you know 10 years not realize they already do but you know once things start really shifting over in five ten years I don't think there's going to be room for someone. Well, there's always going to be room for someone to break out. But I was saying it's kind of crazy what's going on right now because you're not it's not going to be like that in 10 years once these companies really realize what's going on. No, it'll be different. But there's there are opportunities within this. And that's what that's why you look at different platforms like Facebook is already uh, owned by the corporations. Like there's very few independent. I think I think there's very few independent Facebook content creators that are hitting the numbers. Like you, you look mm-hmm. at like, I'm not talking about like occupied Democrats or something like that. Like that's, that's a different, that's a different approach to, to content. But you know, you look at like, um, Oh, what's her name? I forget. She's like the former cheerleader, Jen Arbor. Is that her name? Um, but uh, she's, she's doing great. Kev on state. There's, I follow a lot of the Facebook only video influencers. They're only Facebook. They don't do any YouTube. They don't see, do any yeah, other. I'm not, I don't, I'm not, I'm not much following via Facebook, although I do believe in the platform. I don't check pages, but there's a lot of, you know, people in the fitness world or especially fitness world, I feel like, who have big Facebook pages. Facebook is where you go um, if you want (laughs) to, I'll just say it like simply, if you want to make money Mm -hmm. um, selling something that you own, that you're promoting, Facebook was reverse, well, I mean, it was originally you know, a Facebook, just like, you know, a yearbook of like photos and stuff. Uh, but like it has been re-engineered to be the platform for that. And YouTube has not, YouTube, Google has not innovated in the 
like the marketing component of what they build. Mm-hmm. They're more of a search engine. So it's it's kind of when you think about the different mentalities and ethos of Google versus Facebook, Google is about you searching for content, right? That's yes. how that's like the fundamentals of SEO, right? So that's the Google search engine. Uh, Facebook is the I mean, uh, Google, uh, YouTube Google is the video you- version. I think Google and YouTube are the top number one and two search engines in the world or online. Not the world. Definitely the States. Maybe. maybe. English speaking. Sure. I mean, they're, they're banned in China. So yeah, I, I see in my analytics. That's funny. Someone I, someone messaged me on Facebook about like getting my content to China or something. It was some weird business opportunity, but... I mean, that's a regardless. <laughs> I mean, Asia and China is a completely different thing. Cause like, you know, in, in China they have, I forget what the YouTube equivalent is. I, I've watched some of the stuff um, and they don't use Amazon. They use Alibaba. And so there's a yeah. whole different ecosystem versus Amazon affiliates, et cetera. But, you know, Google and YouTube are about you searching for something, mm-hmm. right? So it's like, oh, I'm interested. And that's why how we SEO. It's like, oh, I'm interested in the new Kendrick Lamar video. I'm going to watch the video and then it's going to be like, oh, you might want to watch these other ones. That's how you and I leach views off of stuff like Mm -hmm. that. Facebook is the opposite. Facebook looks at you and they're like, well, what do you want? Right? So it's just going to, it's like a television station basically that guesses and through computer learning knows what you like to watch. It knows based on what time of day is it. It's like, It'll know like, oh, it's five o'clock. You're getting off of work. You probably want to watch fantasy football shit. And yeah. it's going to give it to you. Or it's noon. So you want to watch like, you know, topical things that you're going to talk about, you know, political things that you're going to talk about with your coworkers. It knows you time of the day. It tracks you for your lifetime on the platform. And it throws things at you. So that's the difference. On, on SEO, as far as a business, if I need to get people on YouTube, I have to trick it into mm-hmm. like basically content marketing to people. So it's like, oh, you want to see a review of the new C200, for example. Like I could I could make that video today, yeah. right now. I, have to, I could go make it, it would do great. And then in that, I have to put what I'm trying to market. Yes. Right? So that's the principles of YouTube content marketing. Whereas Facebook, I don't have to play that game. I'm just like, okay, I'm going to make a demographic. Los Angeles, Austin, Seattle, London, Boston, New York, Miami, you're interested in cinematography. You're in, I, I select this. You have graduated college. You're male, 18 to 30. You are all these different things. And I'm narrowing this demographic down. And then I send out my video on that. I have to pay money, but it, it usually does okay. Yeah, I was going to say, a, a lot of people who are listening, they, they, may, they might not understand, but you're talking about Facebook's advertising purchasing system, which is probably the most, um, I don't want to say complex. It's the best one on the market because they know so much information about billions of people and it's so specifically targeted like you just said awesome it's the best and i've been doing facebook marketing from the i have seventy thousand on facebook i mean Mm -hmm. like it's like just through passive well not passive but active use of it and it's the best video platform for that and now we tie that in you can do the same thing on instagram okay so like my Instagram stories get ten to twelve thousand views each. Mm-hmm. If I, I and when I push ads into that, I can hit everyone on Instagram, which is basically the whole film industry, at once. So, so, so for me, like a thousand dollar ad buy, I can hit you on Facebook and Instagram, and I can almost guarantee that you at least get impressioned yeah. on it. So, like, and and when you're and when you're doing these ad buys, you're doing it specifically for a designer in your courses, right? Right, and like, and I, I track conversions. I look at it. And I look at YouTube and I'm like, okay, so I link out to, like, I'm gonna, after this, I'm making a video and I'm gonna link out to the courses. Mm-hmm. There'll be value in it. So, worst case, if you 
don't want the course. You still got some entertainment and some learning done out of it. But it's it's I kind of put it on the internet. And I'm like, well, let's see how this goes. You know, it's yeah. like it's it's it'll probably get thirty thousand views uh, in the first week, something like that is what I would guess. Um, but the it's it's really kind of sketchy. It's almost like TV advertising where I don't know who watched it. Yeah, you know, it's more of a it's it's more of a crapshoot and it's more of a taking a chance with the seo but what you're saying is is really interesting because i think a lot of people have it set in their head that there's only they they don't they don't they only see youtube and they see all these big youtube stars blowing up and they don't understand that there's many different paths to the same route of success and and you're bringing up a lot of very interesting side and maybe lesser known or lesser used tactics that are probably more efficient for you and that might be more efficient for many people especially when you're talking about you have your products which are like you said enterprise level priced so you have a thousand dollar ad buy people might think that that's ridiculous but when you take a look at that that means you uh, however many people reach with a thousand dollars i don't know like tens of thousands of people maybe a hundred thousand all you need is three four five people to buy your product and now it's worth it you know yeah, it's the ROI. I put a thousand in, and I expect you know two to three thousand back. That sort of thing. And Facebook can deliver that. YouTube is way more of like um, I, I see YouTube as more of like uh, a brand expanding mm-hmm. charity type thing. You know, it's because I'm just like I'm just putting out good stuff into the world, and we kind of just hope that it comes yeah. back. You know, and that's a much big more only usually only bigger brands can do that. It's like oh HP, I'm gonna just or Red Bull, I'm going to sponsor the breakdancing event. HP, I'm going to sponsor this whole Counter-Strike Go tournament. I don't know if we're going to sell any more products that day, but we're just putting the brand out there in a positive light. That's really what YouTube is for me. I'm not, like, yeah. cashing in on YouTube, yeah. like, by any means. Like, I, I'll say it, like, Google AdSense a month, I'm making, like, 1000 a month yeah. from Google AdSense. It's like, and, like, that's, like, that's cool. Um, affiliates, I can make, like, another, like, I don't know, like, Maybe a thousand, sometimes two. I'm not Craig Adams. Like, if Craig's gonna be yeah. on that dude, that Craig, dude cash. Yeah. That dude cash. I'm ask him about that next guest. <laughs> oh, he'll tell you the numbers too. He puts it out there. Like, he's making like five or like six or eight mm-hmm. a month, thousand a month on just pure affiliates alone. And he's a small chance. Like his personal, because he's yeah. is small, so he's killing it. Like, you know, compared to like these other big tech channels. So it's like, you know, so like I can make you know like three thousand a month or something like that from from pure YouTube and then brand deals for me are like anywhere from five to $10,000 for one of those situations. But those are a lot of work and it's going to be in like freelance again. So like that's, that's if anyone knows, I don't talk about it on my channel. I'll talk about yeah. it on yours or, or Roberto's or whatever. But it's like, but those are the numbers of a channel that's 150,000 subscribers that is basically out the number one in the space. Yeah. Like for, and, and not to discredit yourself, you have a very, very, well done instagram page and like you said facebook page and and you have a very well developed brand in a a pretty particular niche of cinematography so that obviously like influences things as well and you've done a good job with that i appreciate that but like so those are the numbers of pure youtube for anyone i imagine a lot of people listening to your stuff are interested in maybe doing youtube it's like those are the numbers that that looks like that from that versus i won't get into my numbers from my like the the bigger company but Mm -hmm. they're much bigger. you can imagine it's di- a higher ratio compared to what you just said yeah it's it's much different so like you know like there is passive money to be made from the channels and i engage in those things just because i should you know like that stuff helps 
pay the bills and whatnot, but it's not like the primary business. And if you listen to, I, I learned very, very early on from Jared Polin, who I was very happy to be able to meet the same mm-hmm. time I met Casey Neistat. He talks about the business of running his YouTube channel. It's like the dude, he's doing all this stuff, like Carl Taylor, like the Shane Hurl, but I've met, I haven't met Carl, but I met Shane. Like all these people that make content like this, like it's all to serve a purpose. Like mm-hmm. we don't, we're not YouTubers first. We're business first. YouTube is like fourth, you know, like, yeah. so like you watch a lot of those people work. It's even Andrew Kramer, like Andrew Kramer's just not making After Effects tutorials for fun. He's converting people to th- uh, Element 3D sales and then yeah. all that other stuff. So it's like, and that's what's sustainable. That's why people are like, oh, you want Patreon? I'm like, I don't really need no, Patreon. Yeah, I, I don't like think... you just, like I sell things. I don't mm-hmm. need to like necessarily do that. So it's like, like you said, a lot of people, especially the younger people who don't, come from like a business or marketing world it's like i just want to be famous on instagram or youtube yeah. but i'm like i'm like well you're gonna have to get a job then because like that will not pay sustainability yeah that's the key word that 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 i think to drive it home is sustainability and it's not to say that it's easy it's not easy at all like you said you're de- you're spending your life and years developing your software and company and it's not easy it's not just like oh just have a product but it's sustainability and and it's the it's the route that you have to take yeah yeah i mean because you have to look i mean i've studied you before i jumped on i studied all facets of youtube and like i think people just lump all you it's like oh a youtube star Mm -hmm. like but that's like saying like uh that's like just basically saying a successful person Mm -hmm. right so it's like oh you're a successful person well what are you successful at so on youtube there's Fitness trainers and Instagram, it's like, well, they have 5 million followers, yeah. but then they convert to $10,000 personal training uh, contracts. And then there's musicians like, um, you know, Alex Iono and uh, Will Singe. It's like, and Justin Bieber, uh, who I worked with earlier on in his career when he was still doing YouTube. It's like, oh, you're famous on it. You're famous on YouTube. You must make so much money. It's like, no, he's a singer. Yeah. They have a hard to- product. And the tours, yeah, the tours, and has record deals, and has merchandise, and then they make YouTube videos. So like people just see the YouTube side of it, or just the Instagram side of it. But like, if they didn't have the business part of it, yeah, there'd be nothing to do. It's like, and you know, we look at like the fringe examples of like Kylie Jenner, who gets paid like you know mm-hmm. five hundred thousand dollars for one post. That is the that's the Kobe Bryant. That's like the one person in the world who's getting that. <laughs> like there are not. Yeah. Many of them, like the the vast majority of the micro influencers and like you know medium influencers, like a hundred thousand to five hundred thousand, they're just running businesses, yeah. right? They're just they're a musician or they're a personal trainer. I just started following a bunch of carpenters on Instagram, and they're killing the game because it's like because uh, I'm building out three D sets right now, and I'm I like, saw oh, that I was funny. You posted on Facebook something about or Twitter. You watched some old door video or yeah from Bob HGTV, Vila, you know? yeah. And it was it was super valuable for me, but like, so like w- when we look at social media, it's it's like you ha- like all these are just normal people. They're just also making content, and they're all just normal businesses. Mm-hmm. They're just also making content. I just think that a lot of people see it, and it's like they just see the content. They're like, if I make the content, yeah. I'll be successful and make the money. It's like no, no, no. Like it's it's the business, and then the content. It's just like if you're a, a creative, it's like you can't just have a baller. Uh, Instagram page where you do graphic design, you have to have a bit a graphic design business, and then have the Instagram yeah. page, or and, else you're not converting. And I, and I think it's I think it's okay for you know a younger person might get into it backwards, and it's they might end up having to figure this out. 
as they try to maintain sustainability, but that's probably why it's definitely a struggle where a lot of people fail. And I also think that just because you see someone with a lot of high numbers and followers isn't automatically successful like you're saying and that's also a misconception people see someone with a million followers and they think that usually you know if you have a million active followers it's going to come but there's people who you see on those drama channels like keemstar there was just some kid on there that quit his thing at one of those big houses and teams and he's saying he has like a hundred dollars in his bank account and he doesn't know what to do and he's got lots of followers and, and fans but there's there's a disconnect there but oh and there's like i don't want to bring up names because this is an extremely small like extreme i went to nab and i met every single person there mm-hmm. is in the game i met everyone over like two or three dinners i met the entire worldwide industry except for china um for the for the content that we do and it's like they don't it doesn't like the only the content influencing doesn't make very much money like in no. most of the people that sustain it and in the background like i had dinner with vincent lawfrey in la and shane and like the people that like make actual money at this it's it's there's it's there's a lot behind it you don't see you, yeah. you only see like the the sponsored videos and like the youtube stuff and, and stuff they put out but like there's so much business behind it to make that like an actual um sustainable thing and and you see that people that like i, I can't i don't want to say their names but like yeah. There's two very famous YouTubers who left their YouTube channel. I think we all, we might know who this. It's like and started their own, and it's like and that's a struggle. Like I don't yeah. know their numbers. That is a struggle. And I know like if we talk about because I followed, I, I don't follow them as much as I used to. It's just for fun. But like you know Keemstar and Leafy and like that whole world. Yeah. They're they're not brand dealing. These are not these are the people that are going to get struck down by YouTube. Yeah. Well, Keemstar the and them, they have things like that. The G Fuel company. Keemstar is doing very well, actually. I've listened to a lot of his interviews and stuff, and he's done actual investing in business deals behind the scenes. But I think someone like like Leafy was relying a lot more on just massive amounts of views. And that's like, you know, it's like, and and, and I follow what they're doing and, and the games they play. They do this, because I was in hip-hop for a long time, and like mm-hmm. the whole hip-hop feuds and like the diss tracks. Yeah, and, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and now um, Rice Gum, you know, he kind of yeah, makes a joke of that whole over. scene. It's a, it's a, it's all just a, it's all just a joke. It's like WWF. They're not wrestling, and no one's actually fighting on the internet. It's all fake. But I like, think once you understand, like you said earlier, that there's a business behind it, it explains all this weird erratic behavior. Like, why is this person vlogging in public? Why is this person sticking a camera? If people understood a little bit deeper of the motive behind it, it wouldn't look so crazy as it does on the surface. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, and it's like, oh, I've got so many examples about like failed you not fail, but like yeah. you know the trials and tribulations of people on youtube because i talked to a lot of youtubers mm-hmm. out of our category like way out of our category like mm-hmm. just like in general and it's like you know it's if you're real and, and i know the people that rely on the adsense views and like and like that is a that's such a bad business for mm-hmm. like what are you building it's like, impossible t- to sustain especially it's just hard to keep up views every month and creating content every day is tiring as much as it might not seem. It's very, very hard to sustain and where you can leave like for a month and go away. This is some, I don't want to act like I'm on top of this and I figured it out. I've made, I've managed to escape having AdSense be my number one and only source of income. But at the same time, I'm nowhere near comfortable and I'm just kind of getting afloat and figuring this all out and trying to build out more software and, and continue that route. So it's you have definitely the brand a challenge. Now. Yeah, I mean, I'm somewhere, you know, 
I have a pretty decent attraction and and I think I've genuinely I think I've I'm a genuine person in that weird way and I don't sell out all over the place and I believe that there will be opportunities in the future especially for a hard skill of an editor or someone creating content this is going to become more and more valuable but it's it's not as easy as we're make as I'm as it might come across in this podcast. It's a challenge, but as long as you're aware of it, you should you should focus on it. I the, you know it's I think you learn this in business very quickly where it's sink or swim. It's like you don't you can't really judge people for how they make money. Mm-hmm. It's like people make money the way that they're going to. Just like if you're, you know, I just watched Dunkirk. It's like if you're in the hull of the ship and it's sinking, you don't judge people for how they get out of that boat alive. Mm-hmm. If that's kind of like the the. One of the the themes of Dunkirk, as I'm trying to put together a breakdown for that for that movie, I'm trying to I'm doing it a little different, but it's like you know the theme of that is like this is survival and it takes whatever it takes. Business is the same way. It's like you need to make money. It's like however you make money, it's like you can't really judge other people for it. All I'm saying is that like that road of like the views yeah. and monetizing those type of platforms is not as it's not as uh, sta- like you were saying stable and sustainable as it may seem, like yeah. as you watch the other people. Because, like, you know, we look at Casey, and Casey was a huge influence on me as well in the beginning because, like, I didn't really care about his snowboarding videos and, like, the viral videos. I just looked at him. I was like, well, here's a guy that has a software company regardless mm-hmm. of how well it's doing. He started his YouTube channel. He said this. He doesn't talk about it that much anymore. But it's like he started that YouTube channel to promote Beam. Well, I feel like he had it. I think he started, he started the daily vlog to... I think he said it nonchalantly, like, I'm 30s or whatever, how old he was. I'm doing a lot of interesting things. I have a company. And that that was one of the main driving factors, I think. So it it is. So it's like people look at Kiss. It's like, oh, he's just like some normal guy that like records his mm-hmm. life. It's like, oh, no, 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 no. Like he, he's been hustling for a long time. He mm-hmm. finally got something that he wanted to do traction with. He understood how YouTube works. You know, he'd watched the daily vlog. He's like, I could probably turn this into something. And what he, he sold Beam. That's yeah, the end goal. CNN. That's the end goal of the daily vlog. He's like, he sold Beam. It's like, and then what happened? The daily vlog ended. Yeah. It's like a startup. It's a media, it's a basically a media startup. So like, then you have like, you know, David Dobrik and like the daily vloggers and Ben who, who, who just daily vlogged a daily vlog and the business is that. When do they get to stop? They don't. What, when do they sell Beam? Yeah. When do you get, when do you get this $10,000, million check? And you're like, cool, that's all been worth it. Great. Now I'm gonna move on to my next like that's that's the backwardness I see of internet business and, and people who approach it that way. It's like the vlog isn't the business. It's typically for the sustainable people, and nor is the content. It's it's to serve what he's doing. So people look at Casey, it's like, oh, he's you know, different opinions, blah, blah, blah. Like it's surprising amount of hate towards him, but whatever. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, but he he won. He sold beam. Like, what he you, you watched his videos. Yeah. And he sold Beam, and now he works for Samsung, and he, you know, has a sustainable lifestyle with his family in New yeah, York City. So, like, a what big influence to myself and probably a lot of others about eight months ago, a year ago, or however long it was when he first started picking up traction. Definitely made me realize how hard a person can really work, and that I was not working hard. But I think too, like we've been talking about Facebook and and a lot of things, like you're saying. YouTube has its other, perhaps not direct monetary rewards, but it has, it is still valuable, I think, because, for example, myself 
building this relationship with you or meeting you. I wouldn't have met you if it wasn't, maybe I would have, but I met you through YouTube. You met me via some YouTube content. And although right now I may not be of the greatest value to you, perhaps in two years from now, I, I'm, I start some amazing company or I'm a lot further in my endeavors and I can help, I can come back and we can help each other in some interesting way through that initial seed that was started via YouTube. So it's, it's oh, not I, always one-on-one direct, you know? Yeah. I'm not saying it's not useful. I mean, yeah. I, I, I spent a year, I was doing five videos a day a week for months to get to a hundred and whatever thousand subscribers. Like, so I, I see the value in it and I have it. I'm just, I'm just trying to like put the caveat of like, it's not, it's not my it's not the boat yeah. it's not like you know it's like part of the boat it's yeah. like one of the main sails i'll give it that but it's not the hull like if the if the hull if the body of the ship goes away we're all dead but you know it's it's just one facet of it and and there's no question that like for networking like i said like once we hit 100 was it 100 or i forget whatever we hit a certain number and all of a sudden all of the marketing companies in the world yeah. started to take notice and, and you've seen that too i've yeah. seen like yeah. you know and and yc imaging and like mm-hmm. all of a sudden it's like how does this guy have a new camera every single week? It's like, well, they send it to you. That's why. Because <laughs> yeah. like, they're, they're getting more value from you than they're giving. Like, They get more value from you than you get from them. Mm-hmm. Unless they're paying you like really well. Like, unless you're smart like, about who you, you got to be smart about who you work with. Yeah. Yeah. And we could talk about brand deals too. I don't know yeah. if anyone, but people who actually do brand deals, there's like not that many people in and, the world. And when you say, I, I get what you're getting at. When you say, what's a real brand deal to you? Uh, a brand deal for me, um, because the film industry is so small, mm-hmm. I don't, I'm not looking, we're not doing CPM. I'm not like, oh, like anyone who, who brings it up in a pitch, I know this is like a small audience of people that care about this probably, but it's like, oh, in, in the pitch, it's like, okay, cool. So we, we have this product. We want you to make a video about it. Great. Okay. So what, what is, what's the exchange here? And it's like, cool. So and, and I, I, there's a lot of companies that approach me like this, like Squarespace and those kind of people. I'm like, yeah, okay, you guys can go away or audiobooks. It's like, for this many views, we'll pay you this per thousand views, right? And I'm like, well, fuck that. Like, I don't, yeah. I'm not here to get views. That, that leads to clickbaiting. That leads to like, you know, selling out the audience in a bad way. I'm like, that's stupid. Like, so like, I'm looking away from like a longer term thing. I'm like, listen, like I'm a voice in this space. You could pay a lot of money to get people to know what your product is. And like a lot of the other ways, like Facebook and Instagram, like, that's not going to work. Like for your particular product, like they'll see it and they're like, well, okay. For instance, Drobo, who I just did it. It's like, yeah. it's like, okay, it's some blank black box that you put hard drives in next. Like, what do I care? You know what I mean? Versus me saying it to someone, you're instantly like much closer to a, a sale. Yeah. Like you're just instant like people messaged me after like only has like five thousand views or something or I forget, it doesn't even matter i don't even i don't even like track that too hard as much as i did it's like but i have people that message me they're like oh cool so i saw your video on the drobo i just bought one because yep. of the video what hard drive should i put in it i had that that dm happen last night and i mean it's like i'm like they sent me one drobo and i'm like i literally sold 10 of them the first yeah, day it's worth it for them for sure and it's worth it for you in a little bit but obviously well, to make content about it is then it it's a whole other obligation that some people, then you can also get into charging for that, you know? So, so that's an entry brand deal. And I've done like many, like lots yeah. of them. It's like, okay, it's called content for, for, for gear, you know, or product. Right. So like they, 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 they say that this whole product is worth a thousand dollars. So they sent me a thousand dollars. Well, 
I don't really like those anymore. I don't really do many of them unless I really want the product, which I'm doing some for just to get the products because I'm like, hey, I'll, t- I'll take it. But like at this point, when I work with, say, uh, a Manfrotto or a Canon or a Sony or a Fuji, like any of those bigger companies, I'm like, well, cool. So let's, I, I put it this way. I'm like, how about you give me a budget, right? And I learned this from Ryan Connolly. I'm like, how about you give me a budget to make this video better so that it's better mm-hmm. and it does better? And then that budget goes into the production. It might go into Facebook boosted ads. It might go into like a specific Instagram campaign that I'll be doing myself on their on their behalf, which is why Facebook is really good because they can watch the metrics. And then I can also pocket some of that as profit as a production company. That's yeah. how I look at it. That's a real brand deal because then I have like, cool, I keep the product. I make the content that I own the copyright to the content. If it goes viral, I can license it, which you know doesn't usually happen, but it's possible. Like if I'm like, cool, let's go review a GoPro and we go do something phenomenal and we don't then license that content, I own it. Canon doesn't own it. That's mine. So that's my as well. Plus I want a budget. I want like, you know, five, 10, 20, it depends how much, like $1,000 to produce this. And then I can also use that to keep my company afloat. Yeah. So like that's what a real brand deal looks like. And then you have, even more senior brand deals, which I haven't negotiated yet, talking because like it's a, it's a much different relationship. It's like it's like it's not even per video basis. It's just like we're gonna give you like a retainer a hundred grand, okay? So you're talking and like you could kind of sense what kind of YouTubers do this. It's like they always have the same sponsor over yeah. and over again. Mm-hmm. It's like we're just gonna give it to you, and like here's like a rough contract, and it's like you know so maybe show up to like one of our events and we'll talk about that. We'll pay for your flights, blah blah blah. You should vlog it when you go. Um, talk about our video, talk about our product every once in a while, kind of loosely, you know. And that's like a real brand brand. That's like being like sponsored by Nike. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? It's not like, okay, Kobe, you make one commercial for us, and that's it. Here's your here's your million dollars. It's like no no no. Here's ten million dollars for the year. You're, you're gonna be part doing of a the lo- brand. You're doing a lot with us now. Like if all of a sudden we need you to be in like L.A. for this event, we'll fly you out there, but you have to come out. You're not getting paid for that event. You're just getting paid overall to be with us and it's a negotiation of of that and i have some of those kind of being worked at as well that's that like that's like a bigger brand deal. and then there's even bigger ones than that too but those are those are the different categories most people are staying in like the affiliate um there's affiliate ones too there's mm-hmm. there's so many but like the ones where you're not getting paid money those are those are entry level right that's like if the brand can even trust you. it's like do you respond to emails on time did you hit the marks of the video we wanted you to produce? Did anything convert? Did it, you know, did, did it feel good for everybody? And then it's like, cool, do that again, but here's like five grand. And you, it, you to your discretion, you spend it. Maybe you don't you keep all of it. Maybe you spend all of it, whatever. Like, and that's where like, I think like a lot of the freedom starts to happen. Linus Tech Tips. I learned a lot of that from Linus Tech Tips. I learned that from Ryan Connolly. I learned that from Shane. I learned that from all these people. Like, these people are getting budgets like mm-hmm. these youtube videos have budgets like real budgets it's like oh like for like a linus i can't i won't i don't want to talk about his i don't know his numbers that well but it's like hey we want you to promote this thing it's like cool we want to make a short film about it like give us fifty thousand dollars and we're gonna go make a youtube video and they own all the cameras already they own all the gear they just go on location they shoot it. it's like cool business done you got your advertising we made money and we made a video next you know it's like yeah. That's that's a sustainable video production YouTube channel. So shifting gears here, um, I want to ask you a couple questions maybe that someone in the audience might be... And, and we've dropped a whole lot of very, very valuable nuggets, I think, and gone pretty advanced and in-depth into this. You have some good videos on your channel that break down in a chalkboard type of way topics like this. 
but what is some advice that you would give to maybe someone fresh out of high school starting out some lessons that you have to learn the hard way that I, I can never answer this question a lot of people ask me film school did you go to film school should I go to film school I can never answer because I'm not a filmmaker and I didn't go to film school and I'm not trying to be a filmmaker but I think there's still some value in it what are some tips and lessons that you learned throughout this long journey that you could go back and give in some short bullet formats well I'll say it like what was has been successful for me <clears throat> as a DP was picking one thing that I really liked outside of filmmaking, though it was for filmmaking, and going 100% on that and knowing everything about it and being trying to be like the best at that one thing. And that one thing for me was hip-hop music videos. And I'm going to drop a video tomorrow, which this will not come out, this podcast doesn't come out tomorrow, but tomorrow for me, I'm dropping a video where I shot a music video for Snoop Dogg. Uh, this like $100,000 music video, and this was a year out of college. I was shooting $100,000 music videos. Um, and the budgets were higher back then, so it's a little bit inflation and scaled. But from very early on, I was really into hip-hop for whatever reason. I thought it was really cool. I liked the whole music video scene, and I studied it, like how I, like how I study YouTube and how mm -hmm. I study business now. I studied that, and I knew everything about it. I knew who shot what. I knew the DPs. I knew the cameras. I knew the lights as much as I could. And this is in high school, in college. I just studied it. And when you say fresh um, out of college, did you go the film school route? Uh, I went to school at the University of Rochester, mm -hmm. and I went initially for computer science and computer engineering. And I got about about halfway through it and decided I wanted to do filmmaking. So I went to New York City, and I interned at some production companies. I worked crew on some movies and commercials, and I graduated with a film studies degree, which is an English degree where you watch movies and you write essays. And that's how I can do movie breakdowns is because I had to do that for like a year and a half just like in college. So I didn't quite go to film school, but I sort of did. Yeah, so it's, a, I get what you're saying. And I think that's valuable that you didn't, you kind of went in a, on your own path. So become a master, get focused on something. And, and a big point that I'm taking away that I see leads to a lot of your success is that you study and you research and you take a look at what's already working for other people. And you, you study the game. You're a student before you dive into something. And that's probably what gives you a lot of success, I'm sure, among other things about yourself. Yeah, I'd say if, if you like something and it could be anything, like especially with how the internet works, like like flatland biking. I, like flat, I own a $3,000 flatland bike that I've been building out with, from parts from Japan and Germany. Flatland biking is interesting to about 10,000 people in the world, but you can still make amazing content about it if that's what you're interested in. And you just get into that scene, know everything, and be the best at that, and then it can translate. Once you get like up, you build vertically, then you can move horizontally, if that makes mm -hmm. sense. Once you're like the best, even of, or like considered <laughs> some of one of the best in that category, you're then able to speak to the other heads of other categories because you are considered a top and you can see that on YouTube as well and like you know for a superficial example as soon as I hit a certain size on on YouTube all of a sudden all these other bigger YouTubers were, were responding to my tweets so it, it's, that's one example it's so funny you say that I'm gonna show you this note I wrote down I drew this long drawing that explains that same concept I, I wrote this down that it doesn't matter what you do all these little rivers they lead to the same big pool of opportunity you know and I was also gonna ask you what are some hobbies that 
people might not know and you just killed two birds with one stone there flatland biking nice <laughs> but um i think wrapping this podcast up uh, we've dropped a lot of very valuable information i'm sure me and you could talk for a lot more and there's a lot of things that i wrote down that i didn't even touch on so what do you want people to stay tuned for from you because you've kind of been on a interesting hiatus so you've been your focus is in a lot of places that people might not be seeing content about what do you have coming what should people be aware of and what do you want them to know that that you're working on i would say that um you know the youtube channel if you're looking for the back catalog of just like straight up cinematography content that's really good um i definitely am not focusing on that anymore like i was um it served its purpose kind of like how my podcast did as well so youtube i'm going to keep doing it but it's not what i'm doing if that makes sense so Mm -hmm. i would say Check me out on Instagram. That's where I can do stories because stories is have about as much time as I have. <laughs> to, yeah. I'm like, I can talk to my phone for five seconds and then get back to work. That's how much time I have now. Um, I'm rapidly updating Cine Designer and getting it ready for this next big push that's going to happen with technology. There's like a big change in technology that's happening right now for the computer scene. So I'm getting ready for that. Um, Red Hydrogen, possibly going to be working on some stuff for that. I know that's a small niche of people that have bought it, but... Regardless, there's a business to build software for that yeah. uh, $3,000 cell phone or whatever it, it costs. Um, and just, I would say Instagram. Go to Instagram and that's where I'm just like daily vlogging through stories. I think Instagram stories killed vlogging for me. Like there's no point in vlogging mm-hmm. because uh, you, if you follow me, you can just watch my stories. And I get as many views on my Instagram stories as I do my YouTube vlog. So I'm like, hey, fuck it. I'm just going to go to yeah. Instagram. <laughs> uh, and that's where I'm putting out all the new stuff. Um, putting out courses. And I mostly talk about that um, on Instagram, and I'm putting out new Cine Designer updates again, mostly on Instagram. I come to YouTube every once in a while to drop like stuff, but it's not like I don't know. It's it's not the focus as much anymore. I don't feel like YouTube is the place for me to put my flagship stuff yeah. anymore. It just doesn't feel like it. And I and I've been there for a while, right? and I and I've I've been a lot of other places as well. I'm not like a YouTuber that's not. On every, actually, I'm on every platform, so like I I have a good feeling for it. So I'd say Instagram. Go check that out. Cool. So I'll I'll leave the the links to all your stuff below because I know cinematography gets my the spelling the word cinematography gets my uh, dyslexia going on me. I don't have dyslexia, but it gets me. But I'll leave all his links in the description below for anyone that's listening. Um, Instagram, YouTube, everywhere you can find him. I definitely recommend go checking out Matt's channels and platforms because he really makes honestly well polished stuff that you don't see often of in the in the community and it's coming from real background and experience so definitely a gem on many social media platforms uh matt i know you're super busy you've got so much stuff going on that we didn't even discuss you know family balance software developing all this stuff you're doing so thank you for taking the time i appreciate you spending an hour or two for this podcast here appreciate that and um any final words uh no it's a pleasure thanks for having me on i mean i'm a really big fan of your youtube channel i know we spoke sort of negatively of youtube but that's with the caveat that i've spent years i still on love it. youtube shout out to youtube <laughs> yeah i still i'm still on it i still watch it i'm just talking about other things so that's why like we talk about it as kind of like semi-advanced youtube users yeah um so we're kind of talking at that level but i still really like it everything you're putting out there is amazing you know, you're helping tons of people with your premiere and After Effects and just all that, all the post stuff that like I still need to learn. Like I only mm-hmm. started using, I know they played out those like transitions like a month ago. Like yeah. it's, I'm 
you're catching me up and I'm glad that we we met over the Kendrick Lamar breakdown. We we both <laughs> had figured situation. out that yeah. we figured out that that niche of of content together. <laughs> so you keep doing yourself and thanks for having me on. All right, thanks so much Matt. Appreciate you and I'll see you in the next piece of content everybody.